Marty here, and we are back with another Unmute episode. And today we're going to be talking all about Chat GPT. And with me today, I've got Michael. Say hello, Michael. Hello. And I also have Lynn with us today. And say hello, Lynn. Hello, everybody. So why don't we start this out with what exactly is Chat GPT for those who don't know? So, Michael, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so I will share it the best way that it's been explained to me and then hand it over to Lynn to fill in anything she wants to with it. The best way that ChatGPT or the technology that is text generation is explained to me is it is autocorrect on steroids. Instead of just tapping that middle word in the middle three words that are above your keyboard, if you didn't know, if you start typing and you leave it on above your keyboard on iOS and Android, three words show up that you can tap to autofill and your phone can auto guess what the next word's going to be. Well, this is that on steroids because A, the prediction of the next word actually makes sense based on the context of the information that you prompt the AI with. And B, it then uh, will fill it in and automatically form sentences because it's it's aware of proper English grammar and conscious of it a lot more than I am. And that's the best way that I have learned to explain what ChatGPT is. What about you, Lynn? All right. So to me, ChatGPT is a brain helper. It's a thought helper. It's a creativity helper. It thinks very fast. We don't like to typically say that AI thinks, but for the purposes of understanding what it is, have you ever sort of stopped and think, gosh, if I could just tell this computer what I want, if I could just tell this word processor what I want to say, and then have it say it for me. Word processor, write me a paper. Exactly, exactly. Word processor, write me a paper on insert subject here. Yes. So when we think about AI, artificial intelligence, basically what we're talking about is a tool that helps us. I like to say, you know, some people would say that it takes over our thinking. In my opinion, from my use of it, it it helps my creativity. It boosts it. It helps me to think in different ways. A lot of times um, I will ask it a question and it will come back with an answer. And it, it was like, wow, I didn't even think that, you know, I wasn't even thinking from that angle. So it, it really does help, I think, to broaden your, your horizons um, when you're doing your work. Um, and like uh, one time I, I had to write a customer service letter and I was really angry and I wrote all this stuff into the chat box and then I, I asked GPT to write a professional sounding letter. And it came back with a letter that would be written by a person that wasn't like crazy angry. <laughs> it was, did a beautiful, beautiful job of coming back. And here is a letter that you could actually send to a customer service. So there's a lot of processes that, you know, you can use for chat GPT. I mean, really anything, right? I mean, yep. you can... Use it for a paper you may be writing on a certain topic. You can maybe right. do it on a marketing project you're doing if you're trying to market something. I mean, there's so many different yep. use cases for it. It's endless. So 
Lynn, what would be like a work uh, flow? You would start out with some kind of an idea. You were writing yeah. something. How would you do your workflow? You would start out and then go from there. I think what's um, really important, and Michael and I are going to probably emphasize this over and over, is something called prompting. And prompting is, um, you know, the 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 philosophical question: What's more important, having the right answers or asking the right questions? And yeah. when it when it comes to AI, when it comes to Chat GPT and others like it, um, it's the important thing is how you ask the question, and you will get better as you use the system, um, and so. For example, when I was um, doing a presentation for Bits, which was, I messed up because I was just had just gotten a Braille display and I wasn't sure what the heck I was doing, but I had asked it to write a public service announcement about why or how people should behave around guide dogs. And it wrote basically a an introduction, a and several bullet points explaining why you should do this, that, or the other thing, and then an ending. So it was like, it, it did that in, in five seconds. Um, something that might've taken me a long, long time to do, especially since I don't have a guide dog and I really don't really know a whole lot about guide dogs, but it cuts the crap. I mean, I <laughs> like to say that, but it really gets to the point of what you're trying to do. And well, let's take a step back for one second. Maybe Michael, you want to explain what prompting is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I've, I've fallen into the trap of having a conversation with the AI when I actually just wanted to go experiment. So firstly, if you are like, I've heard of this, you know what, it's time. I want to go play with this. After I hear this podcast from Unmute Presents, uh, I, I really understand it a little more. Just just be aware that it might suck a little bit more of your time than you expect to. Um, so be, yes. be conscious of that. So a prompt mm-hmm. is your information that you share with the AI itself. For example, I sent a prompt and said, who is Michael Babcock? And that prompt, my question to it um, is, is what it came back with a response of. And it responded and told me, as an AI language model, I'm unable to um, search the web to tell you who Michael Babcock is. I followed up with that and said, you are a AI assistant to Michael Babcock, a founder of a company called Payone Media LLC. We publish podcasts and help small business owners share their voice with the world. And then I said, ask me some questions about, or ask me some questions that I can answer to help you better assist me. And then I hit enter and it asked me, it started asking me questions. So now I'm going to keep this specific chat open and answer these questions and then start asking the AI model itself for assistance that I might need. For example, going back to what Lynn was talking about, can you provide me a response to a customer service email? The customer is upset because the product was not provided to them in a timely manner. Explain to the customer that we are sympathetic with the problems that the customer is having with delivery, and we are going to resolve their issue to the best of our ability. Here's the tracking number and provide them with this USPS tracking number. And and giving them that information, that's a lot of rambly information that the customer is going to be like, that's not professional. But ChatGPT wrote a professional email. 
And the only way that I have found to be able to really modify the way that the email comes out, especially the tone, that's important. And that's Mm -hmm. what will help you stand out from what other people are doing with ChatGPT is that customer service email I said that I said, write me a customer service email. I started that prompt with write me a customer service email in a polite but professional and casual tone and then gave it the information that I needed to convey in that email. And that's how it came up with the email that I was happy with. And then the last thing, and then I'll stop talking and hand it to Marty Orlin is mm-hmm. uh, I, I think this is a, a way you can get into building um, some interesting things. And when you start, I've been adamant about telling people to start from the end and work backwards. When you start from the end and work backwards with automation and you run into a place where you need a computer program to, to automatically rename a file so that way it can match a certain file type so you can move that file, think about how OpenAI can help you. And I hear, and I know how I'm going to transition this, that ChatGPT is uh, ChatGPT4 is better with writing code and uh, stuff like that. So, Lynn, can you, what is ChatGPT 3.5 and 4? Right. 3.5 is the, it's sort of an incremental um, development between three and four. Right now, four is, I guess they consider it under uh, training or that they want to make sure that it's good enough before they, I guess, release it to the general public. I have access to it because I have GPT+. Plus which I pay $20 a month for, but I am addicted. <laughs> so is four is, is uh chat GPT four. Is that only behind a paywall and everyone else gets 3.5 or how would someone want to utilize four opposed to 3.5? If that's the newer out of the current technologies that are out there. This is a good question. And um, if you don't have a free account, or I mean, if you don't have a paid account, I'm not sure there's a combo box on mine because I have GPT plus mm-hmm. and it, it, it lets me choose which model I want to use. 3.5 is only available. You have 3.5 and 3.5 turbo for the free customers. Paid mm-hmm. customers have access. Some paid customers have access to four and mm-hmm. some people can get access to four on the API. So if you're using an app that I can uh, talk more about in the near future, then you can leverage mm-hmm. that. And if you want to try the difference in chat GPT 3.5 and 4 and you don't want to pay anything, Bing is using a version of chat GPT 4. So if you ask the same question to both chat GPT and Bing, you can see the difference in the responses. So we should explain to people here, you know, how this works, because you have regular chat GPT in a web browser, mm-hmm. you have other apps that you can install on your computer. You have a big other technology companies such as Google and Microsoft that are implementing it into their software. And I think with all the headlines, people are going, what, you know, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit kind of hard to follow. So we have it in the browser. So you could go to chat GPT and you could just use it strictly in the browser. Mm-hmm. And then we have, for example, if you're a Mac user, you can use what's called a Mac GPT. And Michael, you want to give a little primer on that? Mm-hmm. Oh, do I ever. <laughs> uh, so, so Lynn, are you on the Mac? I forget. You're on the Mac, right? I am. Yes. Yeah, indeed, yeah. So, yes. 
I'm using Mac GPT. This does require a little bit more setup, but I, you had to go get a API key. And um, there's some good directions that we can point people to on how to build a, to get this and it's very accessible to do. But you put that API key in and then you have an app that runs on your Mac and you open it up and there's a prompt right there, a, a edit field that you can type in and you hit enter. And then if you VO left arrow once, there's a list there that you can interact with and go and see the response that ChatGPT gave you. Pass the response as a copy button so you can copy the response from ChatGPT, which is amazing. Amazing. And uh, what's even more awesome about this is if you are um, using ChatGPT4, I believe you can use GPT4 with the Mac app. Um, you'll, you'll have to try it by following the sign-in process. But if I'm in a tool like Drafts or TextEdit and I type slash GPT space and then my prompt followed by shift enter, GPT will fill in the rest of, like it fills in the, the answer of the prompt right there. So I don't even have to copy and paste it does inline gpt filling and then i go delete the prompt at the top by default the keystroke is plus gpt space um and so that's mac gpt in a nutshell and it is it's awesome right and, and they do have apis right for developers and yep. there was a a little um a shortcut called super gp um super siri you would say super super siri and it would actually give you a um chat gpt prompt <laughs> so it was pretty wow. awesome that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. now in the same sense there was i believe Feder federico fetici from app stories had a shortcut that he built that he put out and michael i think you played with that a little bit right uh not a little bit i, I i'm actually racking up a slight bill on my api usage i'm at 27 cents right now uh gotta be careful wow, with that. look you at know, you might break might break the Big bank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i use sgpt quite regularly that's the article i recommend people going to to follow to learn how to set up your api key um mm -hmm. so you invoke siri you say sgpt it's a it says what would you like to ask gpt and it gives you a hint of some ideas What's really nice is if you give it access to um, your clipboard and stuff, for example, you can copy a URL on your clipboard on the Mac, send it to SGPT and ask it for a summary of the article, which can be really helpful. And then uh, uh, GPT also has, or SGPT also has the ability to access your calendar. So if you tell it, analyze my calendar and tell me how many meetings I have, it can process that information too. Okay, I could talk a little bit about Google Bard. Okay. If you if you well, so um, Bard um, has has just opened um, Google has just opened up their AI to um, to the public, um, and it's it's you know in beta. I am on a list, um, David Goldfield's list. I don't know if anybody knows about his list, but it's for the blind. But he does a lot of stuff with AI on there, and it turned out that Google has released its its. If you guys hear something something about Bard, just don't get confused. It's not the same thing as the as the library service reading yeah, material. I heard they're actually <laughs> going to be changing the name. Actually, okay, I hope so because it's kind of you know it's well, confusing. Chat, Chat GPT is kind of a yucky name too. Let's get a better name, guys. You know, type it in and see what it says. <laughs> the problem that Google's going to have is that. Um, you know, Google sort of thrives, like lives and dies by advertising. So yeah. um, right now it's free. You know, right now there's no advertising in it. But it it's not as the, most of the reviews that I've seen, um, the tech reviews say that it it really has some 
some work to be done. What I think is kind of unfortunate about BARD is that um, with ChatGPT, when it gives you an output of a prompt that you give it, it will have a thumbs up and a thumbs down. But mm. when if you hit thumbs, if you hit thumbs up, it's going to ask you what you liked about it. You hit thumbs down, it's going to say, what happened? Why didn't this go right? Unfortunately, on BARD, you just get a thumbs up and thumbs down. And I wish they would have a prompt that says, here's the problem with this output. <laughs> you know, you know, I asked about French fries and I got, you know, onion rings. Else. Onion rings. Yeah. So I think that having that um, response, you know, being able to tell the model and the, um, and chat GPT or open AI that this prompt, this didn't work. Something, you know, it gave me an answer that was not right. And in this way, I think people can train it more, you know, because they can really give more feedback about the answers that it gets. One thing that I have a lot of fun doing with AI is writing stories. You know, if you are somebody who has, is creative, you can type in, you can say, write me a creepy story about a vacuum cleaner. And it will write you a creepy story about a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> wow. And I mean, some of them are really fun. It, it can be just fun just doing that. Like, say you have two sides of a political debate. You can ask it to be one side and, and ask you questions. So you're you're kind of having a debate with it and it's presenting the side that you want. And then you can come back with um, your own arguments. So it's sort of, it is interactive. It's very interactive. Um, I have used it for therapy. <laughs> wow. You know, I, yeah, I would have it. never even thought about doing that. Sure. Yeah. I've used it. Like, I am so mad at my sister because da, 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 da. Now, obviously, you don't want to give it sensitive info, right? Definitely um, not. You, you want to sort of be aware. And also, it gets its facts wrong. They all do. So if, you know, I wouldn't, like, use it to do an appendectomy on somebody. Like, you want to make sure. Um, right now, it does, you know, they even give you a warning that says that it may give um, factually inaccurate info. So... I would say if you're going to use it to do your your graduate thesis or whatever, you might want to really check your facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Michael, do you know how it's going to be implemented with Microsoft and how they're going to be using it? No, but it's my understanding that it's going to be a pretty streamlined uh, uh, system in Microsoft. And uh, I explained how inline on the Mac at least works. So I could see them doing something similar or just having a keystroke that you press that you prompt it and then it could put that information into Word. Um, the, the, the possibilities are limitless with this technology. I want to emphasize a couple of things that Lynn said. One is, you know, check your facts, check the information before you just run with it. Uh, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's something that was reiterated to me when I learned about spell check when I was younger, listen to what it says, the computer's not always right. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's important. And then secondly, um, it, it can definitely be a good mental support tool. Uh, obviously seek professional assistance. If you need 
um, if, if you need it, but it can't hurt to ask some of these questions and get information. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It can't hurt dependent on the, the way you use the information. Marty, you mentioned earlier, I couldn't imagine an angry GPT. I heard about the other day called uh, a, a chatbot called Chaos GPT that's mm-hmm. prompted with the sole intention of creating a plan to destroy humanity. So oh like anything, wow. that sounds you, great to me. That's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. But like anything, a butter knife can be used to spread butter on toast or stab into yeah. someone's chest. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about how you use your tools. Mm-hmm. So another way that ChatGPT is being implemented is into an app, for example, called Be My Eyes. And what Be My Eyes is, is that if you need assistance and you're someone who's visually impaired or blind, it opens up an app on your phone, somebody on the other end connects with you, they can utilize your camera on your phone, and you point it at whatever it is you're looking for, and they can tell you on the uh, other end what exactly it is. So for example, if you're in the grocery store, and you're looking for the chicken noodle soup, you're on the aisle, there's, you know, 100 cans of soup up there, and you can't figure out which one you can get your phone out, you can connect on the app, somebody will come on and use your camera and tell you, oh, that one right there, that's the chicken noodle soup. And they can tell you which is the name brand. And so you know exactly what you're getting. So what mm-hmm. ChatGPT is doing and what the app company is doing is they're going to implement this technology into the app. And so what that means is this technology is going to be able to do the same thing on its own using mm-hmm. the technology without having an actual human come on the line. Now, right. if you do have a failure with the technology, you still can ask it to connect to a human. But this is going to be really cool to see how, as this goes along, how smart it gets, how accurate it will be, and all of those things. So I'm kind of excited to try that technology out and see how well it works and where we end up with it. Yeah, they call it the virtual um, volunteer. And I think right now it's only um, being rolled out to certain people. Um, yeah, I think I, they're still testing it and stuff, but yeah, right. it's slowly being rolled um, out. I'm on the, you can get on the wait list um, and I'm still on the wait list. I thought I had it, but I had the tab, but I don't have the, I'm still waiting for the, um, there's a tab that's virtual volunteer. And if you go in there, you can sign yourself up to be, um, you know, to have the virtual volunteer. I'm still waiting. So. But yep. yeah, well, as you get it and you, you play with it, you can uh, report back and let us know, you know, your experience uh, yeah. and how it works and stuff. And I, and, and I really, I just love that we're having this conversation because I think right now when people talk about AI, it's always, you know, it's going to, you know, take everybody's job and eventually it's going to destroy humanity and all that. And the way I look at it, well, that may happen, but until then, I'm going to write a mean essay. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, Before we're going to be coming back to this topic because there's going to be continuous uh, new information quite a lot. You know, there's going to be different companies, you know, that are going to be doing stuff, different apps, and it's going to be implemented all over the place. So we'll make sure that, you know, we keep you guys updated yeah. and kind of let you know what's going on as we hear things and figure it out and moving forward and all that yeah. good stuff. So, and in closing, we'll keep you all updated. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at 
feedback at unmute.show with questions, comments, or anything else of that matter. And Michael, anything in closing? Nope, just stay subscribed. Don't forget to uh, share this episode with someone if you found it to be useful. And we really appreciate you joining us, Lynn. Uh, thank you for uh, coming It's been real. Yes. Yep, thanks, Lynn. And thanks all. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>